I bow to Sri Ramachandra, who has a beautiful dark color and lovely eyes, who is full of wonderful qualities and who is sweet-spoken, to whom the entire universe bows and who fulfills the desires of his devotees. Canto 3 The Night Rangers One day when the three of them had finished all their small chores and finished their puja and eaten their simple meal, they sat outside under the shade of a beautiful champaka tree. Rama and Sita were sitting close together and he was teasing her about her fear of a small bear which had been seen when they went for a bath that morning. Lakshmana was sitting a little further off and whittling a piece of wood she had picked up from the river. At that time, a Rakshasi called Shurpaneka, who was the sister of the demon king Ravana, happened to be passing by, and she spied the two extraordinarily handsome men sitting under the tree. She was fascinated by the beauty and virility of Rama's body. Though he wore the matted locks of a sage, he had the stature of a kshatriya and the nobility of a king. She gazed and gazed at him with delight. She could not bear to tear her eyes away from him, even though he did not notice her and seemed to be engrossed in talking to the girl beside him. Shilpanega decided that this was the man for her. The Rakshasas were a race of cannibals, and their morals were also quite heterodox. What they desired, they took, regardless of the consequences and the rightness of such behavior. It did not even cross her mind that he might find her ugly. She was enormous, with flaming red hair and small, cruel eyes. She had mottled yellow horny skin like a toad, a belly like a cauldron with a protruding navel, flapping elephant ears and talons on her fingers and toes. She had just killed and eaten a rabbit and blood was dripping from her fangs. Throwing away the leg of the rabbit which she had been gnawing, she went towards Rama. She did not care about the fact that he was sitting with another woman who might well have been his wife. She was determined to have him, and she approached him with her elephantine gait and spoke in a harsh and raucous voice. Who are you, O handsome one? You are dressed as a rishi, yet your looks belie your appearance. Moreover, you have weapons at your side. How did you happen to come here? Rama replied politely, I am Rama, the son of King Dasharada. That is my brother Lakshmana, who is sitting there, and this is my wife Sita, the princess of Videha. Now tell me who you are, and what can I do for you? She replied, I am a Rakshasi called Shurpaneka, and I am the sister of Ravana. I happened to be passing by, and saw you, and fell in love with you. You are a fitting mate for me. Look at this puny little creature beside you. She's certainly not fit for you. I will gobble her up in a trice, and your brother too, and we will roam around happily in this beautiful forest. Saying this, she stood before him with arms akimbo, drawing herself up to her full height, 
so that she towered like a mountain above them. Sita shuddered and crept closer to her husband. He put his arm reassuringly around her and laughed. He really could not believe that this woman was actually soliciting him in broad daylight in front of his wife and brother. He was sure it was a joke. Laughingly, he said, My dear lady, I am quite honoured by your offer, but you must understand that I am a married man. Moreover, puny though she is, I happen to love my wife very much, even though it might surprise you. Sharing a man with another woman will not appeal to one like you, I'm sure. Look over there at my younger brother, who is fair and handsome and does not have his wife with him. Why not approach him? Shulpanega thought this over and decided that he spoke the truth. So she waddled off to Lakshmana and requested him in the same way to be her husband. Lakshmana was also amused by her and decided to keep up the joke. He replied, My dear lady, I am only a servant of Rama. How can a princess like you be happy with a servant? You say that you can change your form at will. Why not take a beauteous form and press your suit with Rama with increased vigor? I am sure he can be persuaded to leave his ill-favored wife and marry a beautiful woman like you. Chirpanega was not used to this particular brand of humor. She returned to Rama and said, I see that you are not interested in me only because this ugly little woman is sitting beside you. I'll gobble her up in a trice and thus you can get rid of her and we will be able to consort together with any fear of this creature. With this ultimatum, she turned her eyes like burning hot coals to the trembling Sita and rushed towards her. Sita screamed and clung to Rama. He stood up and put her behind him and spoke to Lakshmana. It was wrong on our part to sport with such people. Look how frightened my Sita is. Please punish this woman and send her away, O Lakshmana. We will not kill her since she is a woman, but we should teach her a lesson so that she will go away and leave us in peace, or else she might come back when we are not here and harass poor Sita. Lakshmi immediately took his sword and sliced off the tip of Churpaneka's nose and ears. Roaring with rage and pain and swearing revenge, she ran off into the forest. The whole ground shook with the weight of her steps and the birds flew off with shrill cries of fear. She ran to the Rakshasa settlement called Janastana, where her cousin Kara lived, and poured out her whole story. Of course, she omitted to say that she was responsible in the first place for having invoked the wrath of the Kosla brothers. Kara swore to take revenge, and called fourteen of his best soldiers to go and make an end of the intruders had dared to harm his sister. Shirpanega led them to the ashrama. The three of them were sitting and discussing the extraordinary events of the day when the Rakshasas arrived. Rama turned to Lakshmana and said, It looks as if we are in for a bit of fighting. Guard Sita while I go and finish them off. So saying, he went towards them and killed them in no time as he had promised to do. Shurpanega could not believe her eyes. 
She had never seen human beings who could stand up to even one Rakshasa, let alone fourteen. She ran back and stood, howling like a jackal before Kara. What's upsetting now, he inquired. I've sent my men as I promised, and by now Rama must have been devoured by them. Shurpanega said scornfully, You are a disgrace to your age. I think you are frightened to go and face them yourself. Your men are all lying in a lake of blood, killed by Rama, single-handed. Kara was amazed by this and ordered his commander, Dushana, to lead 14,000 warriors to fight this, this man. The army poured out of the fortress, armed to the teeth, in order to kill two puny humans. Far away in the ashrama, Rama saw many omens and heard the roaring sound of the approaching army coming like a tidal wave. He told Lakshmana, I'm afraid I'll have to deny you the chance of using your weapons, O brother, but I think it is better for you to take your weapons and go to that cave with Sita. I dare not leave her alone here, even for a minute. That woman may come and devour her while we are both engaged in fighting. So please do as I tell you. Lakshmana reluctantly took Sita and left his brother to fight alone. Rama saw that they were safely inside the cave. Then he strung his bow and prepared himself for battle. He twanged the string of his bow and challenged the Rakshasas to battle. Kara drove his chariot right up to where Rama stood, ready for battle, and let loose hundreds of arrows and tridents, sickles and axes, and many different types of weapons at him, while the rest of the army did the same. Rama stood like a rock, unmoved by the onslaught, though hurt in many places. He fought on calmly, ably resisting the attack. The dexterity with which he was handling his bow evoked the admiration of even his enemies. His arrows charged with mantras were so painful that the first onslaught of Rakshasas turned tail and ran back, screaming with pain. Again and again Kara sent his warriors, only to be decimated by Rama's deadly arrows. At last only a few remained to tell the tale. He began to feel really worried when he saw that his brave commander, Dushana, had been killed. Then he sent Trishidas, who was another great general, who managed to wound Rama on the forehead. Rama admired his prize, but was forced to kill him in the end. At last, Kara began to worry if he would also be killed. He advanced towards Rama in his chariot. Rama, who was fighting from the ground, broke the demon's chariot and said, No one who has been perpetrating such cruel deeds like you has a right to live. How many innocent rishis have you killed? This is your last day, O Kara, prepared to die. Kara rushed at him with maize upraised and flung it at him. But Rama splintered it into a thousand pieces with his arrows. Next, Kara uprooted a huge tree and flung it at Rama. He warded it off easily. Blind with rage, Kara rushed towards Rama, determined to throttle him with his bare fist. Rama invoked the power of Indra into his arrow and sent it hurtling at Kara. It entered his chest and he fell down dead. Seeing their leader fall, the rest of the Rakshasa army 
including Shurpanega, fled in terror. Sita's peaceful and beautiful garden was totally devastated and strewn with arms, legs and heads, blood and bones. Lakshmana now returned with Sita and congratulated his brother. Sita rushed towards Rama and embraced him. She was so happy to see him alive. Tenderly she wiped off the droplets of blood from his face and body with her upper garment. Her voice was choked with emotion and she could not speak a word. Though proud of her husband's prowess in combating so many rakshasas single-handed, yet she had some foreboding that this was not the end of the affair and that their peaceful days were over. Thus ends the third canto called The Night Rangers of the Aranyakanda in the glorious Ramayana of the sage Vaisnavi. Hari Om Tat Sat.